original investigators believe he murdered her. They yeah. just can't prove it. It's my first initial call to the private investigator working on my dad's case. My wife jumps up from the table and says, God, who is this man coming in the backyard? I divorced him because I couldn't trust him at all. He lied to me at the very beginning. He was living two separate lives. In the water about 30 yards away, and I identified it as it was a person. You are currently listening to season two of Ashes to Ash TV, episode two, three. The search for a missing woman near Bernito Bay is over. A woman is dead after disappearing off a pontoon boat yesterday off of Odo Island. Authorities recovered the body of 56-year-old Carolyn Blankenfeld of Lillian this morning. Carolyn, we first reported on this drowning exactly two years ago this month. 56-year-old Carolyn Blankenfeld was found dead in the bay by the Coast Guard after spending the morning boating with her husband, Chris. Now, he told investigators his wife was swimming when she started struggling in the water, but some family members think there is more to the story. It's August 15th. 2019 and I'm on my way to New Jersey to see Ash to make this a thing finally super nervous but also really excited that things are moving forward not starting off too good over here though my flights actually delayed by an hour I have the worst luck with flights so hopefully we won't get delayed too much more Bree eventually arrives in New Jersey and we begin you ready yeah all right so talk to me about when you first remember your dad, do you have any memories from, from way back? The first memory I actually remember was being in Disneyland with Annie. Annie is my mother and Chris's sister. And him being there for a couple hours. Oh, that's right. He came out. Yeah. But oh, shit. I totally forgot about that. The next memory after that would be me and... Sheldon moving in with him with Danielle. Sheldon is Bree's full brother. Danielle is Chris's second wife. How old were you in Disneyland? You had to be like five or six? Yeah. It's very, like, a very vague memory, but, like, I do remember wow. that. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember my mom had to be, it wasn't even, like, easy. It wasn't like, hey, come see your kids. She was putting pressure on him. Exactly. Okay, so the next time you remember him was when he brought a new mommy home, basically. Basically. <laughs> Do you remember your living situation prior to Danielle and Chris coming back into your life? I lived with my mom and... Cindy. Yeah, Cindy. Cindy is Chris's first wife and Bree's biological mother. I know she was having a hard time, like... I do remember, like, she was, like, drinking alcohol a lot and had, like rage fits a lot and I remember at that point we went to stay with Annie for a little bit and my dad and Danielle came and got us just because my mom was having a hard time. 
I mean, so my experience was that we would go to like get you and we'd keep you for long swaths of time. Uh, but we would show up and the house would be like, shit would be everywhere. It was like really sparse, but stuff was like everywhere. And there were, always seemed like there was a different guy who was dating Cindy. We would get, you guys like wouldn't be clean and we'd have to like bring you home. Annie would always go get you new clothes. So Cindy and your dad, I, I know you probably don't remember this, but they had separated and then you just hadn't really seen your dad except for Disneyland. Yeah. I don't ever, like, remember my dad and my mom being together. Like, I don't have any memories of that. Yeah. Because what Annie said, he left when you were less than a year, right? Yeah. Okay. Did he ever call or, or that you remember? I know it's your little, so. And any of that time, do you ever, like, call you guys on your birthdays or? I, I think he did call. So, like, you knew of him yeah. kind of throughout yeah. the process. So can you tell me what you do remember about all of a sudden your dad coming in back into your life with a new wife? I felt like super uncomfortable just because I didn't really know my dad. Yeah. Like as a person, I didn't have like a lot of time with him. So I just felt like I was with a stranger and I felt okay because Sheldon was there. That's amazing. How old do you think you were when they came back into your life? Or what did we calculate out yesterday? I had to be like... Six or seven. And then what do you remember about Danielle? Because what, she was only in the picture for less than a year, right? Yeah. She was very nice, and she took care of Sheldon and I. My dad wasn't home a lot when she was around, so it was basically just us three, Sheldon, Danielle, and I. And she, like, made sure we did our homework, and she took us to school. She'd, like, give us snacks after school, made sure we went to bed on time, made sure we took a bath. So she really filled, started to fill that mom role. Exactly. And was that the first time that you had a kind of a permanent living situation, even though it didn't end up being that way? But Yeah. Cindy, my mom, was not number one mom. So, like, I actually felt like I had a mom. Yeah. Can you then tell us about all of a sudden she was gone one day? I remember going to Annie's cabin with my dad and Sheldon for the weekend. And we got a call from Danielle while we were there, and she just basically told us that she was leaving and she just wanted to say goodbye so she actually said that to you on the phone yeah did you get what was really happening or no I just didn't understand yeah I guess her and my dad had some problems and I'm, I'm thinking we went down there just so like she could have time to move while we were gone what was that like when you found her on Facebook and saw her was that the first time you had seen a photo of her in all that time yeah was there any emotions attached to that or was it just kind of like looking at a picture of a stranger. I felt super happy. She used to be a very important person to me in my life, even though she was only there for a year. She had actually been with him three or four years prior to them coming and getting you kids. Was that surprising to you? Yeah, I had no idea. They were married, like there were, could have been a stability in your life for years, but they only came in for that year. Yeah. So after she left, what was your contact with her after she left? There was none. You never talked to her again? The well, last time I talked to her was on the phone when I was at the cabin. And that was it? And that's the last time I ever heard from her again. And did you have any frustration about that after, or again, you were just too young to really... I was too young to really process what was going on. But, I don't know, home was just, like, not the same after she left. Yeah. My dad did work a lot at that time, so we were always, like, kind of, like, pushed off 
to the neighbors like next door to the neighbors across the street until he got home he made sure we had food and stuff like that like we had a nice place to sleep and mm-hmm. enough food to eat he just like wasn't really in the picture we were more so with the neighbors like with our friends over there most yeah. of the time he was just kind of like not present like there but not there yeah which is crazy because i feel like the the theme we're seeing is a double life in so many situations and it feels like this is one more example of a double life yeah it seems like things were like compartmentalized into different segments almost. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought that was crazy, the timeline between him and Cindy breaking up and all of a sudden him being married to this other woman. I mean, it feel, I feels like there was only like a year. And like to get married, usually you date for a while. Like that's such a short time frame. Did exactly. that surprise you? Yeah, it did surprise me because after looking at all of the other women that he's been dating or gotten married to, there's no time. Yeah, there's between. like no time. It's like he jumps from one right into the other. And even she, when we described to her yesterday what what his experiences was with Carolyn, she said, that's exactly like my story. Exactly. And then you said... But you're still alive. She, I really feel like this woman might have dodged a huge bullet. Yeah, seems to so. Yeah. So after Danielle left, so you were with Chris for a little bit, just you, Sheldon, and Chris. What's your memory of Carolyn? How did they meet? How did she come into your life? Carolyn and my dad met through Jenny and I. Jenny and I were, I would say, best friends in school. I believe we were in third grade at the time. And Jenny's Carolyn's daughter. Yeah. And Jenny wanted to come over for, like, a sleepover to hang out, and Carolyn brought her to my house, and my dad answered the door, and it was basically love at first sight. They were just like, ooh. Yeah, and so I started hanging out with Jenny a lot more often, and so did they. Were you excited about that? I was so excited because it's probably every little girl's dream to have their best friend as their sister, and that happened for me. And had Carolyn been married before? Yes. She was married to Jenny and Austin's dad, Mike. Mike, okay. Yeah. How long... From the time they met, would you say they got married? I would say like a year, a year and a half. So then what was home life like after that? It was pretty good. We ended up moving in with Carolyn. They had a nice little house. From then on out, it was was just pretty much normal until my dad and Carolyn decided they wanted to move to Alabama. They wanted to change the scenery. My dad got a job out there at this place called Austell, and they moved in 2014. So what was it like having Carolyn as a mom? She was great. She helped me with my homework. She enforced chores, you know, which definitely helps with your adult life. (laughs) Yeah, yes. She was just a very good mom. Like, she definitely stepped up, and she didn't have to. But she made sure we were taken care of and that we were fed and that we were clothed and that everything was all right. So it was a pretty good mom overall. Yeah. What was their relationship like in the beginning? It was really good. You could tell they truly loved each other. They laughed all the time, and they laughed with us. And yeah. It was just super normal. I stayed in Alabama for about 12 years, 11, 12 years. Okay. And I just needed a change of scenery. I went and visited a friend I had in Fort Collins, and I was like, hey, I want to move up here. And she's like, come move in with me. So I saved up three grand for a moving truck and gas money, first month's rent. I just moved. I didn't have a job planned. I just I had to go. I ended up finding a job a week after being there at a brewery. Once you got to Colorado, how was your impression of 
Chris and Carolyn's relationship because you now had a little distance. I talked to them at least once a week and they seem happy. They both posted pictures on Facebook regularly of them out on the boat and enjoying Scotch 30 with the neighbors and stuff like that. Can you tell us what Scotch 30 is? Scotch 30 is something that they did with the neighbors. They would all hang out at like a certain time every night in the neighborhood at someone's house and just outside on someone's patio and just have drinks together. Did you ever visit them and do that with them? Or I, I did, yeah. Oh. It was really nice. How many people were usually at those? Do you know? Five to nine people, five, ten. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of people in that neighborhood. Okay, so it would just vary depending on who was available that day. Yeah. Was it weird now looking back at that, that one of the people who was there was having an affair with one of your parents? If you recall, during Buddy's phone call, he said the following. First of all, you need to know that Carolyn and I loved each other deeply. Yeah. And we had actually been together for over seven years. Oh, wow. So you actually lost someone. Yeah, that, I, wow. I lost the love of my life. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I, I knew you guys were friends. I didn't realize that, though. I'm very sorry. And, well, I wouldn't let her leave her him. Or I told her, but first she didn't leave him, and two, it was completely about him and not about she and I. It is weird. It's just, <laughs> how did I not even realize that yeah. that was going on? I, Well, there's this guy, Uncle Buddy. I call him Uncle Buddy just because he was, like, there all the time, and he's kind of like an uncle figure. Yeah. Checking on me all the time. But, I mean, like, I could never tell that they were having an affair. I just thought they were, like, best friends. They yeah. weren't romantic in front of me. Did you go out on the boat with them a few times? I did. I went a few times. Carolyn and my dad would sail out to one of the beaches across the way from where they lived, and we parked the boat on the beach and kind of had like a little barbecue. Did you ever anchor out a little ways? Uh, no. Anytime you got in the boat, it always went to another beach, and you parked on the beach and would have the barbecues and swim and stuff. Exactly, yeah. Uh, we were on a pontoon boat, so it was relatively slow in the water. Okay. It didn't go that fast. Okay, so you guys had life vests, but no one was wearing them. Like, that wasn't required that you wear them yeah. while you were out. Okay. And your dad was basically in the Coast Guard, right? Yeah. And he was in the Atlantic Strike Force? He claims to be. He claims to have been in the Atlantic Strike Force. And what, is that, what does that mean to you when he says he was in the Coast Guard and Atlantic Strike Force? What, is, what do you make up or what knowledge do you have from him? He told me that that's where you are actually in the water saving people's lives. Like jumping out of helicopters. Right. Down to save people that are in trouble. In your interpretation of things or what you were told, how long was he in the Coast Guard doing this kind of rescue work for? I honestly don't know. Yeah. He never like really gave me a time frame. So when you remember him from the time you start really remembering him, like from Danielle on, was he, according to what he said, in the Coast Guard at any point there, or was he by that time into other jobs? He was in the Coast Guard then, but it was only for like a time frame of a year that I remember that he was in, okay. and then he was just suddenly not. Because I visited him at the Coast Guard station in Marquette, and you were a baby. That was like probably eight years, nine years that he was in the Coast Guard for, or at least that's what he was saying. Yeah, that seems about right. Did he ever tell stories about saving people? No. Kind of like it was known he did that, but it wasn't really talked about much? No, not at all. Have you done any research on what the Atlantic Strike Force team is? A little bit. I've more so been trying to find 
my dad's like military information. Yeah, to see if it's true. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's like a pretty elite group of people. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would be out there. Right. Like pretty easily. Yeah. I wonder. It's not. Yeah. I mean, this is like no joke. It's like being a seal or something like these guys aren't messing around. Okay, back to the boat outings. When you guys would go to these beaches, would you go swimming in the water? Yeah. And what was, how was Carolyn? Did she swim a lot or? Yeah, she did swim, but it was also, it was always like really shallow where we were swimming because it was right by the beach. Like probably like waist? Did yeah. you guys ever go for much further than waist deep or? Oh, uh, a little bit, not too much. Like the furthest I've ever gone is probably up to like mid arm right here just because I don't really like the water that much. And was Carolyn going out further than you guys or? Not really. No. Would you say she knows how to swim? She knows how, but not very well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she probably wouldn't be, like, swimming out past where she could stand. Yeah. Do you have to anchor the boat when it's on the shore? Or is it something that just pulls up? I think I remember my dad putting the anchor down, but the pontoon boat is very, it's like a very wide boat. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, flat on the bottom, so it should be able, like, the weight of the boat should be able to get up on the shore fine. Because I remember we had to push it off when we were about to sail out again. Okay. So what would you say the condition of the boat was? My dad is a clean freak, so the boat was always, like, very well put together, ready to go. Everything was put, like, in the storage units that were under the seats, the life jackets and the anchor, and there was never trash on it. It was always washed off every time they got done using it and then put away. So it was kind of like everything had a spot and it was in its spot. Exactly. How many times would you say in total that you went out on the boat with them? I want to say about three or four times. Okay. How often would you say they, and I know you might not know this specifically, but just from talking to them and stuff, it's not like you talked to them weekly when you were in Colorado. How often were they going out on the boat? I think they went every other week, you know. Uh, The weather is kind of bipolar down there. Just being in the south, it's Hurricane Alley. Yeah. So So it just kind of depends, but you think kind of every other week seemed about reasonable. Yeah. Had they ever talked about going out into the open water and swimming? No. Did you ever think that that would even be something that they would do? No. Every time I went with them, we always had parked on a beach to, like, hang out. Or we, if we would go out into the open water, it would just be, like, on kayaks, if anything. Never really out in the open on the pontoon boat. Yeah, and definitely not in the water. Yeah. And even when you were on the pontoon boat, did you ever just drive out into open water? Or was it always, like, kind of closer to shore getting to another beach? Yeah, we would have to drive through the open water to get to the other beach, but we never, like, slowed down or stopped. It was kind of a straight just, shot. Yeah. And what was your interpretation of the times you went out? I know you only went out three or four times, but was the water like crazy and choppy or was it real calm? It was pretty calm. The only time it ever got like choppy is if the weather, like it was thundering and windy, but that was only once or twice when I went out with them. We went straight back home after that. Right. Just Uh, to get out of the weather. They had some pets at that time? Yeah. They had three dogs, two Yorkies and one Schnauzer. And did the dogs play in the water when you guys would go? Yeah, they love the water. So they'll jump into the water. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did they ever try to jump out of the boat while the boat was moving? No. But once you parked, they would jump out and play? Yeah. Okay. And all three of them liked the water quite a bit? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you were in Colorado, did you ever hear about them having problems prior to her dying? Or it just seemed, again, pretty standard? I got text messages a few times from my mom. Just kind of like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And your mom being Carolyn. Yes. And I'm just like, you know, if you and my dad ever got a divorce, I w- you'd still be my mom. Yeah. Like, that's what I would say to her. And then she would just kind of brush it off, and they'd be fine again the next day. So it was 
very like weird how like one day they're like fighting a lot and then the next day they're fine. And that was the first time you had seen evidence of that kind of. Yeah. And how many times did you feel like you talked to her about that or text or had any communication about her being like, I don't know if I can do this or. It was only a few times. So just a handful of times. Yeah. Did you ever think, oh my God, she's leaving? Or were you just more like, well, they'll probably work it out. I'll yeah, I was out. like, they'll, they'll probably work it out. I did go back and visit a few times after I had moved back to Colorado. And I could just tell that something was on her mind. She just seemed kind of like mad or annoyed. She was like never acting out towards me, but I could just tell that something was going on in her head. Did they seem like they had had a shift in their relationship? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's not as jovial and... Yeah. Tell me about the day that you found out Carolyn had passed away. I was in Salt Lake City for a concert. I had driven up there with my roommate Cass at the time. Went to the concert the night before and I guess that's when it all happened. But I remember at the concert the whole time I felt like really weird. And I couldn't figure out why I felt that way. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And it was like, it's my favorite music artist, you know. Like I should be super excited but I was just like... Something's off. We went to sleep that night, and I wake up randomly at, like, 5 or 6 in the morning because I had to go to the bathroom, you know. The hotel room is completely blocked out. And I look at my phone just to see if I have, like, any texts or anything, and I see that I have missed calls from Sheldon and Austin and oh. Annie. Sheldon is Bree's biological brother. Austin is Bree's stepbrother. Annie is my mother. So I call Annie first. <laughs> because she called the most. Yeah. And I said, what's going on? Are you okay? And she said, your parents are in a really bad accident. And I was like, oh my God. And she said, your dad's in the hospital and they've not found Carolyn yet. So I buy the next flight out and it was three hours from then. So my roommate has to take me to the Salt Lake City airport and I flew out with everything I had with me and I ended up getting there around two or three in the afternoon into Pensacola, Florida, and Jenny's dad, Mike, picked me up. Jenny is Bree's stepsister. Mike is Jenny's dad. And took me to the hospital where my dad was at. It was West Florida Hospital in Pensacola. Can you tell me what that flight was like? I just, I was sitting there, like, kind of, like, in shock. Yeah. I had a layover in Houston, I remember I got off the plane and I just kind of like fell to my knees and like cried because at that point they had found Carolyn's body and I got the message after I got off the plane from Austin. Wow. Like you had, it was like a voice message or a text message? It was a voice message. Uh, so you basically landed, turned your phone on. Yeah. And I could just like hear Austin's voice on that message. And did you know what the status of your dad was at that point? Or you just knew he was in the hospital? I just knew he was in the hospital. So you didn't even know if he was going to make it at that point? Yeah. They, I mean, like, I knew he was fine. I just knew he, like, had swallowed a lot of salt water. So I didn't really know what that meant for him. Yeah. I ended up getting to Pensacola. And I get up to the hospital room. And Jenny's dad's there. And Austin's there in the room. Um, and I go in there with Austin and... Mike goes into the waiting room to kind of give us some space and he just like grabs my hand and breaks down crying and he says I'm so sorry I'm so sorry it should have been me I did everything I could that was Chris who did that 
and I just felt sick. Like I just didn't feel right about it. She, she drowned. Oh my God, you know, like. And what time would you say you first laid eyes on him approximately? So this was the day after the boat accident. Yes. What time that day did you say you put eyes on him? I want to say it was probably between like 4 and 5 p.m. that day, May 7th. And they had him in a hospital bed, and he was kind of sitting up like this, like not all the way, but yeah. kind of like halfway. And he had an IV, and he had something around his nose. I bleeped oh, up and breathed. And I know he was like coughing really violently. It didn't like alter the way he talked or like the way his voice sounded. So he would just once in a while go into like a massive coughing fit? Yeah. And what would, how long would you say that would last for? Just a couple minutes or? Couple, couple seconds. Couple like, seconds. <laughs> he'd cough and then he'd continue talking and stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember like nurses coming in the room, like seeing if he needed any food or if he needed anything to drink or any medicine or anything. But nobody was making a big deal about him other than that. They were being sympathetic because he had just lost his wife. Um, that's it. Yeah. Because he gets discharged on the 8th, right? So he went into the hospital the night of the 6th. You saw him the 7th, and then they let him out of the hospital on the 8th. Yes. Did they let him out at any specific time? or They let remember? him out in the morning of May 8th. Okay. So he was kind of in the hospital for maybe 36 hours? Is that kind of your thoughts on it? Yeah. Okay. When is the first time, even if it was just like a whisper of a thought that you had a pause about his story or the fact that had, did that happen in the hospital or did that happen after? Or? It happened after, after when he got home in the hospital the day that I got there and like the day after he was drinking coffee and eating Dunkin' Donuts, I believe. His boss had brought it. I don't know about you, but if I swallowed a lot of salt water, I wouldn't want to drink coffee it probably like hurt to drink because you're like you hurting coffee. Exactly. And you never saw any sign that there was any hurt, pain to his throat or, or did you? I'm not saying you didn't. I'm asking. I mean, it definitely looked like he was in pain when he coughed. But not when he ate or drank anything. Yeah, he seemed fine. And did he tell you what, what medical issues he was having at the hospital that day? No. No. So you didn't even really know what they had diagnosed or said or anything. Uh -uh. The day that Chris and Carolyn went out on the boat that morning, before any of this happened, did you get sent a picture of them on the boat together? I didn't. You didn't, okay. I know one of the neighbors did. Okay. Because they were supposed to be at Scotch 30 that night and they were wondering where my parents were. And they said, hey, where are you at? Scotch 30. And my dad responds, we're out on the boat having some alone time, just us two. And he sent a picture to that neighbor. Yeah. And do we know what time that was at? He sent the picture at 4.15. So did the neighbor say, okay, so they got the picture at 4.15, but was the neighbor also texting with him at that time? I don't think they were actively texting. At that time. So the conversation between them said that he said we're having alone time could have been earlier. Yeah. And then at some point the neighbor got just the picture. Yeah. In your interpretation. Yes. Okay. So the picture they said came through at 4.15. Mm-hmm. 
Had you ever had problems with your cell phone down there? Like something being sent where it was like one of those dead zones where you're like, why won't my picture go or why won't my video go? No. Um, Can you live down there for... Yeah. Well, the land from where my parents lived, you could look out and you could see the other island across the way. Oh. Nothing was really that far. There was probably at least two miles between each island, two or three miles. And there was definitely cell phone coverage. That covered all that area? Yeah. Okay. Because the other island across the way, I had to drive on that island to get to my job at the time. And yeah. I never had any problems with yeah. cell phone coverage. When did you? When did the neighbors said that they got that picture at 4.15? Was this much later? Or did they bring up a concern earlier? I know they told the police about the picture. I didn't find, about, find out about it much later when I kind of voiced my concerns about the situation itself. What was the first time Chris told you about what happened on the boat? Did he ever? He did in the hospital. Repeat what in your mind was said there. He said that my mom was swimming and that she kind of was struggling and got away from the boat and he went out to save her and the boat started floating away with the dogs on it and they were too far away from the boat. When he told you the story, there was never any story about the dogs being in the water? No. And did he tell you whereabouts the boat was? No, he did not. Did he say that if they were on the shore and then like normal and then the boat drifted into the water or did you get the impression that they were in open water? I got the impression that they were in open water. At the time, did that seem weird to you or you were just like so engulfed in the moment that that didn't really set? It did seem weird to me, but I just, I kind of brushed it off, you know. I'd, I'd never thought at that point that he could have done something. Now, I know I don't want you to speculate about this, but I want to say in your knowing of Carolyn, would you have ever thought she would have jumped in to open water? I'm not saying that she, that doesn't mean she did. I'm just saying, would you have ever, if she had called you up and been like, would you have been surprised if she had been like, I went swimming in the open water? Yeah. Because that was just nothing that you had ever seen. But she never showed, she never was like, said she was afraid of the water or anything, did she? No, she never okay. said she was afraid. I just knew she wasn't a very good swimmer. Right. So basically, he said she went for a swim, and she was struggling, so he jumped into the water, and the boat got away. Yeah. Is that, that's what... And, and then did he tell you anything after that, or that was kind of the end of the story? That was it. We did have, like, a kind of, like, a party after the funeral, and a whole bunch of people came over, and he was talking to people around the room and stuff like that about it. Yeah. Yeah. During Buddy's phone call, he said, And he yelled during a memorial service every time uh, one of our neighbors would come in, he would take them in the back bedroom and tell them what happened. But we've got four different stories of what happened now. Ashes to Ash is created by Ash Patino. Special guest Bree, technical swimmer Victoria Gockler, cinematographer Cole Ellers and David Patino, musical score David Patino, associate producer Kate Giordano, and phone interview Buddy. If you'd like to subscribe to the show, please go to ashes to ash tv.com. A S H E S T O A S H T V.com. 
If you know of any illegal activity involving this case, please reach out to your local law enforcement. If you would like to give a tip or information, please email us at ashland57 at gmail.com. A-S-H-L-A-N-D-5-7 at gmail.com. We can and will keep you anonymous if you would like us to. Please follow us on Facebook at Ashes to Ash True Crime and on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Ashes to Ash TV.